Welcome to On The Ledge Podcast, episode 140. It's Diva Week. Yes, this is the week we'll be giving some R-E-S-P-E-C-T for those houseplants that are a little bit extra. And if you don't know how to keep them happy, they will turn up toes and die and make you feel terrible in the process. The format for this week will be a little bit different than normal. Those of you who are regular listeners will remember back to Trailing Plants Week, and it's the same format. One short podcast every day. Uh, This time I'm only doing weekdays though, so there'll be today's episode and then four more on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday next week. Each one covering a different plant. And today's plant is Ficus lyrata, the fiddly fig. Tiny bit of housekeeping before we begin. Thanks to Nancy and Ms. Holly for becoming Patreon subscribers this week, unlocking exclusive extra content. And a big thumbs up to Cal So, who wrote a lovely review of On the Ledge on Apple Podcasts who says the show is relaxing to listen to while cleaning dishes, repotting and working from home. Thank you, Cal. It is great to have your support. And also just a quick reminder that Houseplant Hour, a whole hour of chat on Twitter about houseplants, takes place at 9pm BST. And you can get involved by following the hashtag Houseplant Hour or following the at Houseplant Hour account. That way you can show off your plants, get advice and generally hang and shoot the breeze with fellow houseplant lovers. Right, on with Ficus lyrata. So why did I pick this as my first diva plant? Well, as I confess in the upcoming interview, this is not one of my favourite plants from the genus Ficus, but it is one that many, many, many of you grow and quite a few of you struggle with. So this is one that I really wanted to cover. I couldn't really offer a lot in the way of advice on this plant, not being a grower of it myself. So I turned to Plant Trekker of Instagram, who is a houseplant advisor and botanical influencer, aka Thomas from Belgium, for his expert advice. So hi, everybody. I'm Thomas. I'm a 29-year-old plant daddy from Antwerp, Belgium, and I'm currently living in an apartment with one boyfriend, one cat, and about 400 houseplants. 400. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And the plant we're talking about today is one that's iconic, but also a little bit tricksy. A lot of people struggle with this plant, the fiddle leaf fig. Now I asked you to pick a plant to talk about, and and this is the one you went for. Why do you think it's up there as a diva plant? Well, I think it's a diva plant in a way like Grisabella from Cats is a diva. So she's a bit like um, outshone. People don't really think about them that much anymore, actually. Um, they used to be very popular in uh, the 70s and the 80s. Then they plummeted for some reason. And now I think they're coming back. And they are gorgeous. They're actually, if you know how to do it, really easy to care for, um, as is mostly the case. But they can give such a vibe to a room. They, they become, become really big. You can keep them small if you want. So you can do anything with them. 
and they, their leaves can be up to 30 centimeters big, uh, 40 if you're really lucky. So they're, they're like huge boas and, and glitter style. They're many of, um, of like really, well, well really deep actually. <laughs> She's like the drag queen of the plant world. That's good to hear. I have never grown one. I'm going to be honest with you, Thomas. It's not my favorite of the genus. It's probably my least mm-hmm. favorite of the genus. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm really not that keen. I just, there's something about the leaf. Occasionally a leaf will freak me out. And there's something about those leaves that I don't really like. And I can't explain why. But I appreciate, however, that lots of people do love this plant. And they're <laughs> desperate for your tips as to how to get this plant growing well. So light seems to be a big issue with this plant. It needs quite a lot of light. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. They do need quite a lot of light. Um, but they're not too fond of constant direct light. For example, the afternoon sun can be can be a bit too harsh for them. Um, for example, my plant I had in my um, plant room, which is uh, north window, constantly lots of light, but only indirect light, and it was growing at extremely slow rate. We're talking like one leaf a year, which is really slow for them, of course, because lack of light makes them um, underdevelop leaves. But if, uh, like, I recently moved it to the sunshine, and so now she gets about six hours of direct light. And she is booming like crazy. So they love direct light. Uh, but like the one o'clock, two o'clock sun, if it's really hot behind the south-facing window, that's too much for them. That'll burn the leaves for sure in the beginning. They can adjust to it and get, can adapt to it, but it takes some time for them to do that. Those are two really good points. The really significant points there, I think, that you've made are that sun at one and two in the afternoon is different from sun at 9 a.m., isn't it? I think lots of people don't understand that. The, that midday sun is just so much more powerful. And therefore, a plant that can take a couple of hours in the morning in an east-facing window you know, is not necessarily going to be happy at two o'clock being blasted. And then, and and then, secondly, I think the you know the fact that it's it's you've got to get the plant used to the level of light. You can't just take it from a dark corner and then put it in the sunlight. You've got to gradually move it. So, if somebody thinks they've got their plant in the wrong place, maybe gradually kind of introducing it to a more a sunnier spot is wise. Uh, that is indeed wiser. It's like if it's springtime and the sun is slowly coming out, then you can just put it in a sunny in a future sunny spot and let it adapt. But if you take it home, for example, a garden center where usually the light is uh, very well filtered and you put it in the direct sun afterwards, it'll be too much. And the leaves that are already um, grown in a shadier spot will start to get burn marks. So um, if that's the case, for example, if you have a south-facing window, put it by um, like on the corner and just slowly, like every day, move it a little bit towards the sun so it can adapt to that sort of lighting. Um, we're, we're in Belgium and the summers aren't always that hot, that sunny. So you can, for example, here you can uh, easily adjust. I think UK is probably the same. Sun is a bit, bit more cloudy days in the summer, so that should be okay, actually. If, it is, if they've always grown in a sunny spot, they'll probably be fine. But they need time to adapt. That's always very important. So if you were talking about getting different shapes and forms out of this one species, how do you go about doing that? I know you can buy the bambino form, but if you've got a really big sprawling one, pruning, I guess this time of year is a good time to tackle it. Oh my God, these guys love to be pruned. If you prune them, it's amazing because if you buy a bambino, they're usually just like one stem, uh, lots of leaves and it's gorgeous and beautiful. If you keep it like that at home, you don't prune it at all, it'll usually just stay one stem for quite a long time. We're talking like up to one meter, two meters, it'll just be one stem. However, if you cut off 
especially in springtime, if you cut up the top part, um, then usually when you, when you cut out the top part, which you can propagate, by the way, um, there will always form two or three branches even. So slowly you will get like a tree shape. So if you don't prune them, they usually stay one, let's say, a conic plant. Uh, if you prune them, two or three plants, like a real tree will begin to form. So that's really amazing. Let's say you have a really big one and you're like, oh my God, my uh, living room is too small. I can't let it get any bigger until we move or until I get like a huge greenhouse or whatever. Um, put it in a darker place because when they receive less light, they will grow really slowly. Um, they'll still survive. It's okay. But they need lots of light to actually start uh, growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And one thing you also see in uh, garden centers is the Pygus lirata or a fiddle leaf stick. And the uh, bottom trunks are completely naked, completely barren. Those are actually often rather expensive plants just because their bottom stem is naked because they're older. So the leaves at the base have already fallen off. It really gives you an idea of like how it can be as a real tree. That's, that's lovely. You can get the same thing at home if you just let it grow and grow older. So these plants can really last a lifetime in your house. It's amazing. That sounds good. And one of the things I've seen people do, which I understand doesn't work, is take a single leaf and try rooting that. And while it roots, it doesn't form anything other than a, you don't get further than a leaf. You need a stem to get that. Is that right? You do need a stem. Um, it's rather easy to let those the leaves um, get roots. Uh, and so I've, I've known a few people who were successful getting a plant out of it, but it's like one in a hundred. Um, so it is really hard. It's easier always to just cut off a little bit of the stem. Um, and, and you need that stem part. That's where all the, the good things are, let's say, like that. So um, when you propagate it, use the stem. Because if you uh, cut off the top, make sure you cut off the top of the stem as well. Not just the leaf, but give it something to really grow out of. So also, if you put them in water, make sure they can float in water. Um, because they're really big leaves, they're also really heavy, and the stem is pressed against the bottom of the head or the bowl, whatever, it's harder for the roots to come out. So always make sure they float a little bit, like just a centimeter. That's, everything that propagates is always floating in the air, just to make sure that the roots have a place to go. That's a good it's, tip. It's a really small detail, but it really helps, yeah. Yeah, that's a great tip. And what about uh, watering? Do they have any special requirements? Is it sort of the usual thing of, you know, ju you're more likely to kill them from over than under watering and, and leaving too much water around those roots? Well, I always say, if you're doubting, should I water or not? Don't water at all, because it's easier to... These guys usually, if they're in a sunny spot, water them once a week. However, they're very prone to overwatering. So when they get too much water too fast, they will start developing... Um, I'm not sure about the word in English... Um, Edemas, edemas? Edema, yeah. Edema, yeah. Edema, edema, yeah. So um, these massive uh, leaves are very prone to that. So what happens is the, the, the small cells in the leaves will just burst open, leave like tiny brown scars. Um, they'll never really go away. It's very, um, you, can, you can find it very easily in new leaves. Um, of course, when the leaves get bigger, the cells stay equally small. So you, you don't spot them that easily. Um, but they're extremely prone to that. So when watering, I always decide. That's really interesting because I've seen those people commenting about the brown spots on fiddle leaf figs. And because I've not had them before, I had kind of crossed my mind about edema, but I hadn't quite connected the, literally connected the dots. So that was the cause of it. But that's really, <laughs> so yeah, because you always see that, don't you? When you um, look at plants for sale, there's always those brown spots. And of course, of course, it's edema. Well, you've solved a little mystery for me there. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. That's really useful to know. Now, it's always better to just water them once a week instead of a little bit of water every other day. So you give them like a huge bucket of water. Well, not maybe not the bucket, depends on the size. Um, but like half a bottle of water every week when it's uh, wintertime or even every other two weeks. And in summertime, every week, a lot of water definitely because they have big leaves. Water evaporates really easily. So um, they need their water for sure. Yeah. The soil can be dry between watering, but never like completely dry to the bone. That's yeah. too much then. And feeding, presumably, is the, the usual thing. You When they're growing, you're feeding. They're extremely hungry. So growing seasons, uh, spring and summertime, of course, they um, actually I feed them every single week. Yeah. My other plants, usually it's about every two or three weeks. But these guys, every single week, and they love it. They just keep on. For example, mine has been um, in the sunny spot now for two weeks. He's got three new leaves. And just keeps them growing. It's immense. They, they grow so fast. You feed them. So, um, yeah, I, I feed them every week now. It's bonkers. And finally, spider mites seem to be an issue with this plant. And I guess sometimes people mistake those edema spots for spider mite. But Yes, so often. What do we need to look for with spider mite and uh, the ficus laurata? First sign is like the little white, white cobwebs. If you see those, if it's just one on the bottom, it could be just a normal house spider having a bit of fun there. If they're more on top, then it's usually spider mites. Second thing is, if you see like little small uh, clusters of, of white fuzzy things, and you touch them and they spread out, that's usually spider mites in a basic stage. Um, so if you see anything like that, make sure to actually just spray them off your plant, put it in the shower, put it in the bathtub, uh, get the blaster on it, uh, shower head and just spray it off. Um, it's one of those things where people, I think people think they can sp- just spray it once and then it's gone away. Whereas you do need to repeat, 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 I find. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, you've, oh, yeah, I've just sprayed it. So the problem's gone. But no. It's like a good shampoo. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. That's always the best thing with those things. Um, and other than that, they, they're also rather prone to a mealy bug, actually. Okay. Um, I've had that quite a few times as well. Uh, but then the easiest thing, well, for me, it's not really... Um, environmental friendly but just uh, take some uh, rubbing alcohol or nail polish remover on a q-tip and just yeah dot them and they're they're gone that's people say it's really sad for them i'm like yeah but they're bugs so i mean if anyone wants to start a save the mealybug campaign they can but i'm not joining that campaign (laughs) that's for sure likewise thomas so that is a really great summary is there anything else we've missed about this plant that we need to mention before i Um, actually maybe one thing because they have really immense leaves um, you need to take care of those as well. So once a month, um, you should dust them. Take a damp cloth, go over it, and that's good to go. Um, because when the leaf is blocked, it's harder for them to photosynthesize. And also, I spray mine with an organic leaf spray every uh, two weeks as well. They stay nice and shiny. So the big plant stands there radiating like a diva. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. That is a great summary. And I hope everyone's going to be able to have extra glorious fiddle leaf figs now as a result of your expert advice. Thank you so much. You're ever so welcome. Thank you for having me. So let's see your fiddle leaf figs. If you've got a fine looking fiddle leaf, send me a photo on the at gmail.com. And those of you whose divas are misbehaving, I hope this will help get them back in full fig, if I may say so. Thanks so much to Thomas, aka Plant Trekker, for offering up his advice. Check out the show notes for links to his Insta and a summary of his Ficus Lorata tips. 
That's all for this mini episode. I will be back on Monday to talk about Begonia Vine. That's Sissus Discolor. Until then, enjoy your plants. Bye. The music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops and Whistle by Benjamin Banger. Both licensed under Creative Commons. See janeperone.com for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.